three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. Hope you're all having a great end to your weekend so far. So I've got a review for a, (laughs) quote, movie, quote, unquote, uh, movie Songbird, which came out this past December. It is directed by Adam Mason, who I have never fucking heard of. Uh, (laughs) I was actually kind of confused who the hell this guy was. He's directed a bunch of stuff I've never heard of. Uh, The 13th Sign, uh, The Devil's Chair, Hangman, uh, Blood, Sweat, and Terrors. Uh, Did a couple episodes of that show, Into the Dark. Um, There's an Alice in Chains show that came out last year, which I was not fucking aware of. Uh, so yeah, that's a thing. And he was a writer on it along with, uh, Simon, uh, boys, uh, who his, he's worked with on pretty much all those projects I just went ahead and mentioned. So the plot of this movie, and I use plot extremely sarcastically, the year is 2024. Uh, we are now on COVID 23. We are in our, uh, our fourth year of lockdown. This has just become, a reality that unfortunately humanity has had to accept that we have this horrible pandemic. People aren't allowed to leave their houses whatsoever. Uh, basically, if uh, there's no vaccine that can help, um, such and such. And so here's the thing about this movie. This would be offensive even if it what even if this came out in 2022, when you know, Lord willing, we'll be past this, we'll be back to some sense of normalcy. It would be offensive even back then, or, or in 2022. The fact that they're putting this out with the timing that they did and charging people for it, it's it's downright insulting. So I'm going to be honest with you, uh, all of you. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this. I'm going to try to clock this under 18 minutes if humanly possible. So our main character is a Nico, who's played by uh, KJ Appa. You, of course, know him as Archie from Riverdale. Uh, he was in The Hate You Give, uh, and he was a uh, Jeremy Camp, and I still believe, which I never reviewed it. That was kind of a dumb, pretty dumb movie, but he actually did a good job there. So it's not like this guy is devoid of talent, but holy balls is he bad in this. And it's not even him. It's the script. This is just a bad script all around. And the couple subplots we have, so Nico is a runner, so there's a little bit of premium rush uh, there's a little bit of premium rush in this sh- in this uh, in this shit too. He works for Lester, who's uh, played by Craig Robinson. Which Craig Robinson? Why are you in this, brother? Like I love Craig Robinson. The, the Pontiac Bandit off of Brooklyn Nine Nine is one of my favorite recurring roles in a sitcom ever. I love Craig Robinson. Uh, I mean, obviously not just off the office as well. Hot tub time machine, just name a few others. Um, he also did this, uh, movie that we reviewed. Oh God. I think it was 2016, maybe 2015, uh, uh, Morris from America, which is a incredibly underrated gym that 
I, I really wish more people would actually uh, discover themselves. I love Craig Robinson, and I was so bummed to see him in this because at the end of the day, the biggest problem with this movie, and there are several, but the biggest problem with this film is does it warrant its existence? Again, like I mentioned, even if this came out in 2022, this would be offensive, but this feels like those people who think that this shit is a hoax. It felt like this was made for them. And just off that alone, it is incredibly irresponsible at the end of the day. Um, if there's anything I can give this movie, I mean, as I continue to go through the plot, because there's really no plot here. Uh, Nico is in love with this girl, Sarah, who's played by uh, Sophia Carson. Um, she was on The Descendants, uh, that shit on uh, Disney Channel, because I, I really never knew who... I, I, I've never seen this girl before in my life. So uh, she, she could be something. I don't know. I don't know if this is... A, if this is fair to make this the test for her, but Nico and Sarah, because they are separated and because they don't, you know, they haven't seen each other face to face or ever met. They're doing uh, everything through, you know, through Zoom, through Facebook and, 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 and shit like that. They, It's hard for their chemistry to really come across. And so when you're watching the film, it just feels really, really empty because. The whole thing is that Nico is immune. Uh, I think the term they use is muni uh, in the film. They had to give they had to give the immune people their own term, which you know, give me a fucking break. But Nico is immune, so he can you know go throughout L.A. being a courier, uh, working for Lester. But Sarah has a grandma she's taking care of, and she's not immune. So there's that whole kind of crux as far as their relationship's concerned. You find out that there is someone who is running basically black market immune tags to allow people to escape to different cities and go ahead and, uh, you know, walk throughout Los Angeles. And that is a couple played by uh, Piper and uh, uh, that's uh, Piper and William Griffin, who are played by Demi Moore and Bradley Whitford, respectively. And it's so funny. I was talking to uh, uh, my friend, uh, my friends Bradley and uh, Frank. Shout out to both of them. I was talking to them earlier about Demi Moore's career, and it, it breaks my heart because I just saw those pictures of Demi Moore at the uh, Fenty uh, fashion show and the plastic surgery she had done. And it just breaks my heart because Demi Moore is such a beautiful woman. I thought she had so. I thought there was this point where I thought this this woman is gonna really take this next step forward in her career uh, after uh, Charlie's Angels full throttle. I actually really thought, uh, I thought Bobby, her and Bobby, Mr. Brooks, she was great in those. And that was only, you know, 13 years ago. And the Joneses was actually really good. So I was really, really depressed to see her in this because I really thought she had more than what she's been given. And unfortunately, she's just playing a, a bitter, angry mom, uh, Bradley Whitford, of course, you've seen in, you know, uh, you know, Get Out will probably be the thing he'll always be known for now. Cabin in the Woods, of course. Um, I always think West Wing first. But he's great, and he is sleepwalking through this shit. Because him and Demi Moore being married, they have a kid who's immune compromised. And so he has to go on occasion go out for his job but then you find out oh he's not going out for his job he's having an affair with this girl may who's played by alexander daddario who 
if you guys have listened to the podcast for any length of time, I think it's a very, I'll be kind and say average actress. I still think the best work she's done has been in those Percy Jackson movies. So I don't know what that really says about her as far as her career aspects. I thought she was fine in Baywatch, whatever. She's terrible in that 2013 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But she has this whole subplot where she came out to L.A., to be a singer she was manipulated by william but then she goes ahead and uh i want to say falls in love but meets up uh quote meets up with this guy um with this guy who's a uh, who's a uh vet who's a uh, uh afghan uh, uh a vet of the afghanistan war um this movie's just kind of all over the place and where each of these storylines ends up i just went all right so there's really no reason for me to watch this shit because Nico and Sarah, the movie is trying so hard to make you go. It's like Romeo and Juliet. They're star-crossed lovers. They, we want them to be together. And all I thought the whole time is, I kind of want Nico to die really badly because Nico is incredibly selfish. Sarah is there of her grandma. She's st- sticking with her, you know, until the end. And Nico's just like, no, no, leave her. We need to go. We need to go. And so Nico is all about getting one of those bracelets, the aforementioned bracelets for Sarah so that him and her can go ahead and leave. And I'll be honest, I was really waiting for the Fox News logo (laughs) to pop up here somewhere because this screams, oh, yeah, this pandemic's not real. It's a hoax. It's a liberal hoax. You don't need to stay inside. Just you know, fuck everyone else and their feelings and go ahead and live your life the way you want, especially if it all comes down to love. That's really the main message of this because this movie is only like 84 minutes. It, it's a short-ass movie. Wow, 84 minutes on the dot. Go me. It's, it's a short movie, but the first, I'd say, 42 minutes at least is all set up. It's just introducing you to these characters and there's not that many of them anyway so it's even more confusing why they're not you know taking their time or or not taking their time but why they're taking so much time and setting up all these pieces they have these things called q zones that they take people to when they get sick essentially concentration camps let's call them what they are because the whole lore is once you're taking one of those q zones you never come out so I was like, well, all right, that's, I mean, that's kind of interesting, maybe, but they don't even really touch on that. It's really funny to me that as I'm sitting there watching this movie, I went, why didn't they have Nico do a Children of Men, uh, Children of Man sort of thing with uh, Demi Moore's uh, daughter since she's immune compromised? Like, maybe they get killed or something like that, and since he's immune, he's trying to get her to safety or someplace like that, because they introduce kind of like, you know, the uh, kind of somewhere in zombie land, you know, that place where things are good and the outbreak hasn't hit and you can be go there and be safe if you can get there. They introduced one of those here at a point and went, all right, that as dumb as this movie is, and my God, is it, that could have at least been something for the movie to stay focused on. But the movie's not focused at all because it's jumping back and forth between so many different subplots because you have the thing with may and uh i believe uh mike is a guy's name uh dozer i think is his uh uh his nickname you have that whole storyline of well may was going to be that singer so now she's just kind of doing you know stuff on social media and having people you know tip her and i don't know if alexander daddario sings 
But based off this movie, he clearly doesn't because he's a terrible singer. And again, I like Alexander Daddario. Yes, she's fucking hot. I do her up and down, left and right, blah, blah, blah. But she, she is charming. Like, she has a very natural charisma. But I have not seen a role yet where she can channel that shit, which is kind of where my frustration is. I think she could be Anna Kendrick-esque if she got the right role. And it just, for me, it has not... Uh, come along yet so hopefully at some point it will happen but damn sure it hasn't happened yet so there we go but the me so the thing that just made me laugh is that William and I'm not going to get into spoilers really on this because I don't really fucking care enough William uh, is having an affair with May because he's the one who's like oh come come to LA baby I'll make you a star he does he pulls that whole bullshit and there's this scene where they sleep together, and it is one of the most uncomfortable things I've seen in a minute, Because, and not in a good way, in the way of, oh, she's clearly pulling away from you. Maybe you should stop kissing her on the mouth because she's wearing, you know, a face shield and a mask, and, and William's just like, oh, I want this off, and I want this off, and, like, slides her his tongue into her throat. And my first thought is, oh, you have a immune compromised daughter. You clearly could, or you're basically saying, fuck your daughter. You're like, what the hell is wrong with you? And the movie just kind of goes up. Oh, no consequences for you. Uh, there is, but that whole wrap up of the storyline, I just went, oh my God. And Dozer, he, since he's a vet, I thought that could have been a storyline they could have played out well with, but where his story ends up, there's a drone involved, and I'll let you connect the dots from there. It's even painted red, right, and blue, which, you know, could you be any more on the nose? This was produced by Michael Bay, and while it is not directed by Michael Bay, it felt like he might as well have been directing it, because the action scenes, the few that there are, are fucking absurd in this there's so many of those Liam Neeson, you know, I'm I'm you know, I'm 70 and I need you to quick cut around me. But they're quick cutting on everything. There are times where Nico's just on his bicycle and they just do these like these over the shoulder quick cuts. And I'm like, why are you doing that? Just film the fucking scene. But they try to get so cute with this at so many points. I just went, I I, I don't care. Uh, the one thing about this, and I am not even saying that this is good because I think that it's way too strong uh, of a statement to make with this. Uh, Peter Stromare plays this guy named Emmett Har uh, Harland. He is the head of sanitation in Los Angeles. And the movie, the whole explanation for how sanitation became the ones who were breaking the people's houses and making sure people aren't sick. To say it's a stretch is being kind, but Peter Stromare is having fun with this. It's very campy, his performance. It's very cartoonish, but to be honest, it fits the tone of what this movie is. So I guess I can give it that much. But at the end of the day, and I, you know, I am going to spoil this one thing. It's near the end of the movie, so I don't fucking care. It's the wrap up and film. Again, if no one should see this shit, even if this was on Netflix for free, I would not tell you to watch this. So Here's where the movie just made me go, yep, fuck you. There's a point where Nico is trying to catch Sarah before she ends up in one of those Q zones. He's able to get his hands on one of those uh, immune bracelets. So he is on his motorcycle, which, of course, he fixed up just in time to go ahead and save her. He goes ahead and gets 
to where they're unloading her from this truck to go ahead and put her in this queue zone. And he goes ahead, uh, runs towards her, hugs her, and slaps the bracelet on her wrist before they can go ahead and pull them apart. They already captured Sarah, the you know the, sanis- the sanitation squad, I'll call them, uh, offset of suicide. But they go ahead and capture her. You wouldn't have checked her wrist initially to see if she had one of those bracelets, since these things are practically gold. It really doesn't make sense. And so they scan the bracelet, and they're like, oh, we didn't know you had one of those. You're free to go. What? <laughs> like It's one of those things I went... No, no movie. I'm not giving you this. I said I was going to keep this under 18 minutes, so I'm at 16. So I'm going to wrap this up. There is no reason for this movie to exist. Absolutely none. This is not only a irresponsible film. It's a term I don't use often. It's a gross film. Really, from start to finish, it's a gross film. And there's no reason for this movie to exist, given the times we're going through right now. When you think about California and how understaffed and overworked all those healthcare uh, workers are. By the way, to any healthcare worker that is listening to this, oh my God, thank you for everything you're doing. We will never be able to repay you. We are. This country is forever in your debt. Holy hell. You want to talk about being an essential worker. But this movie's madness. And the fact they put this out and expect people to pay money for it, it's downright irresponsible. It will definitely be on my worst of list uh, that I'm doing uh, for Super Bowl Sunday. It's a terrible film, start to finish. Uh, this is Go Fuck Yourself. Do not watch this. All right, there you go. See, that was simple. <laughs> I won't even ask all of you out there if you've seen Songbird because you have. You shouldn't have seen Songbird. But if you've heard about it, what are your thoughts on it? Let me know in the comments below. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at jhunterrealpineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at nearmanthefirst. Don't forget to like our two pages on, on Facebook, The Real Pineapple and Real Pineapple Games. Uh, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna start streaming uh, here on Twitch next month, so I'll keep all of you updated on that. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Let us know what you think of the podcast. You can listen to us pretty much wherever you listen to podcasts. So you know, uh, SoundCloud, Apple, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio, uh, Amazon Music, TuneUp, to name uh, a couple. But thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up uh, in the next week. As I mentioned, four. We will have reviews up for uh, Tenet. Uh, I'm starting to finally get through uh, some of the stuff I want to review here. We'll have a review up for Tenet, Promising Young Woman. Uh, since we are uh, heading into Black History Month starting tomorrow with on February 1st, I will have reviews up for One Night Miami, reviews up for Malcolm X, along some other things to celebrate uh, black cinema. Um, and I'm finally going to review Watchmen, because that's something I've had a lot of requests for. So there will be a review up for Watchmen by the end of February. I'm really excited to get uh, into that into that show, because I still haven't seen it. I don't know any spoilers, so I'm really excited to watch it and watch Regina King, because she's a badass. But thank you so much, for everyone. Please stay safe out there. Wear your mask. Take care of each other, and we will talk to you soon.